Welcome to the Booty Bands More Than Fitness podcast. Today's title is Four Steps to Restore Happiness from Within. Wait a minute. Did you guys hear that? I want you to check in with yourself for a moment and ask yourself if you have happiness outside of you, if you want to reach that goal to then be happy. So if that's you, please listen to this podcast. Welcome to the Booty Bands More Than Fitness podcast. Get your best booty and abs in 30 days with your own coach and home gym. Results or your money back. Studies show that 80% of women gain the weight back within 12 months, and this is because the weight loss industry is just focusing on that one-size-fits-all solution rather than something that's more specific for just you. So not anymore because up here at BootyBands.com, you're going to get your own coach, a women's home gym, and the highest quality nutrition that's going to create those lasting results. So let's get started. I'm excited to bring Laura Weiner Kaiser. She is an owner and founder of Change by Challenge, her own business that she started, where she is a speaker, a certified personal trainer, a nutrition specialist, and a certified health and life coach. And for the last decade, her mission has been to help women build a bridge from where they are to where they want to be. I have goosebumps legitimately on this podcast right now because it is so interesting how so many of us, just as humans, how we get caught in that cycle of letting happiness be that next milestone or that next goalpost that we reach. And really when we find that when we reach it, it really didn't bring us the happiness. And so we're in this constant hunt and search. And so I absolutely am so excited to bring Laura on and teach us these four steps so that we stop doing that. And we start really utilizing and fully living our lives of how they're meant to be lived starting today. So welcome, Laura, to the podcast. Thanks. It is great to be here. What a lovely introduction. And I am really, really excited to help the audience understand this because who doesn't want to be happy? Right? I feel like that's everything. I feel like happiness is legitimately ever, anything, everything. Like if you don't have happiness, like what do you have? Like you could, like imagine this, you could have millions of dollars in the bank, but you could still be unhappy. You could have the love of your life and the, the, your, these beautiful children in your home. And, the, and if you're still not happy, like what really do you have, right? Like it just, it's so interesting how we could have everything and literally happiness still be outside of us. It's just this amazing breakthrough that I had a few years ago. And so if you haven't had that breakthrough, and obviously it's so great, even if you had the breakthrough, that it's great to relive it and come back to it because as humans, we have this tendency to continue to keep putting happiness outside of us. Laura, tell me what brought you to this point? Originally, I broke nine bones all before the age of 18, largely because of sports. And that made me very curious about the body and wanting to take care of myself. So I became a personal trainer and then I was helping people get results, but they weren't quite what I wanted them to be. So then I became a nutrition specialist and then I was really able to help people lose weight, but there's this bounce back effect and it it was a diet ultimately, like here's a specific plan for you. It would work. And then after three or four months where they weren't doing that anymore, they would bounce back. And I think what actually took me and drove me into health and life coach was they would tell me if they lost 20 pounds, 10 pounds, whatever their number was, then they'd feel happy and confident. And I would be so excited when they got there because we'd been working so hard and, you know, it does take a lot of work to do that. And they weren't happy and they weren't confident. And I, I'm a bit of a people pleaser myself. So I felt like I was doing them a disservice that they were paying me, although they were paying me to get 
in shape, they were hoping and attaching the happiness to the exterior of how their body looked. And for me, I just really wanted to give them what they wanted. And that took me into health and life coaching. And it's been the greatest gift since. Yeah, I love I love your story. It's um, super fascinating. So to, uh, walk us through a client that you had and tell us kind of the journey of where you took her and then kind of where that led into really finding, oh, wow, we're putting happiness outside of ourselves. Choose, let's call her Raina. And she is a CEO of her own company, mother of two, and very kind, loving, warm, giving person. And we've worked together for 10 years now. And I felt like a constant failure to her. She lost weight. She got stronger. But it was never enough. She was never satisfied. She was never happy. Um, And she never blamed me, but I blamed me. I remember it was probably a year after I gave her her first action plan. That's kind of like the step-by-step habits that I wanted her to stick to. And we had like the reward and a consequence system that she chose. Like a consequence would be having to do 10 burpees or something like that. It was her preference. Listening to a podcast on my way to work about mindset. And when I got into the gym, I started to talk to her about the revelations I had and different thoughts. And I hadn't even really started my health and life coaching journey yet. There's one thing I'd been asking her to do, which was just take a 20 minute walk every day just to help her de-stress because between trying to manage a business and a family, stress was really, really hard for her. And she always talked about how good she felt when she went for a walk, but she didn't feel like she had time. So for probably actually like six years, I've been trying to get her to go for a 20 minute walk just once a week, just like, let's start it. And I had this mindset conversation with her. And then the next three months, she was consistent walking 20 minutes every single day. And I, I almost didn't want to talk to her about it because I didn't want to jinx it. And after three months, I was like, okay, I got to call you out. Like, what the heck is going on? And she was like, I don't know. When we had that conversation, you remember about mindset? It just shifted things for me. And I was like, so I've been trying to help you for 10 years. And all I actually had to do was talk to you about your mindset. And we kind of laughed and joked, but that was exactly what we needed to do. And now she's lost weight and she's been, she still feels the kind of pull from society to like look a certain way, but she's able to catch. I'm comparing. That's not actually who I want to look like. I have a job. I have two kids. This is someone who literally lives at the gym for six hours. Of course they look like that. Good for them instead of it making something about her and she can love herself as she grows into the body that she wants to be. And that's really what was the big change was that shift in the mindset. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That is why um, I have built booty bands and barbells off of three pillars. It's workouts, nutrition, and mindset. And you bet your booties over there that I make sure mindset will always be in one of my programs because it, without it, it doesn't matter how many workouts, how many meal plans I give you, we can always sabotage it with those thoughts. And so thank you for obviously giving that nice introduction so we can really connect and see where our mindsets could possibly be at. And if we are sabotaging our goals or life or body, we might know that it might be coming from the mindset. So let's go ahead and go through these four steps that you have here for us. Take us through step number one. How can we really start to restore happiness from within with the first step? The first step is really comes from getting to know yourself a little bit more. You know, you can't really change until you catch the awareness. So 
I'll use my life as an example. My journey really started in 2019. I was planning my wedding. I'm a chronic people pleaser. You can't please everybody when you're planning your wedding. It was driving me insane. I was depressed. I was obsessing over my food intake as I was trying to get some sense of control. And I even dipped as low to have some suicidal thoughts. Fortunately, I care about the people in my life and I couldn't imagine hurting them like that, but it shined a light on just how much I was hurting. So I went to therapy and she helped me understand some things. Like one of the things was that I can't be responsible for everybody else's feelings and that all I can do is show up as who I want to be. And then at the same time, I was getting into the health and life coaching. And this is when I really found limiting beliefs. So the main limiting belief that I realized I was kind of swimming around with the suicidal thoughts, with my clients not being able to get their goals. I mean, they'd reached them, they weren't satisfied. And I wanted the satisfaction with it was that I'm not enough. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not giving them enough information. I'm not trying hard enough to make whomever happy. And that's the really the first step of changing your brain to really embody and restore happiness within is what are the limiting beliefs that you're hearing? So like for me, not enough showed up with my clients. I would hear it in my own workouts that I needed to work harder. I would criticize and really manipulate my food intake, need to be more specific, always needing more because I believed I was not enough. So once you I, I can pull the similar thoughts from different avenues, that will help you realize the, what the limiting belief is. So that's really step one is, Step number one is really identifying that limiting belief. I'm not enough. We have about 60, 70 thoughts in a day and 90% of them on repeat. Then step two is asking challenging questions in a very specific way. So our brain hooks onto our beliefs as a form of safety. So for me, believing I'm not enough was what made me feel safe. My brain doesn't really care if I enjoy it. It only cares if I can survive it, which decades have proven I could. So if I'm going to try and trick my brain, I need to create reasonable doubt. So if I had the thought of I'm not working out hard enough, one of the challenging questions I might ask myself is, how do I know that workout was hard enough? Trying to actually answer the opposite because our brain is a problem solving machine and its favorite sort of problems are questions. So if you can ask a question to disprove the limiting belief of I'm not enough. Number two was finding something to challenge that limiting belief. So asking a question to challenge it and then write that down and let that mind process how it needs to. Just like as she's saying, the mind is, is a machine to be able to find the solution for it. So great. I love that. And then after that. To step three, which is implanting the new belief that you want to believe. Now understand this takes practice. You're not going to believe it right off the get-go. And whatever your new belief is, it needs to be believable. So if I've been operating from a space of believing I'm not enough, I can't just all of a sudden start believing I am enough. That won't feel authentic. My brain will be like, no, that's not true. So you need to create a bridging belief. So mine was what I can count on is I'll do my best and my best is enough. And when those not enough thoughts would pop up, I would ask myself the challenging questions. And then I would go into, 
my best is enough. I can never expect more from myself than my best. So it kind of just took reiterations of that sentence. And this is the unique thing for each person. It has to be believable to the individual's brain. Yes. So for you, you identified with that. But for somebody that's listening right now, they'll want to write their own new belief that they have to find that proof and confirmation. Love it. Okay. So which leads us to now step number four, which is? Finding new evidence to support the new belief. So my new belief was my best is enough. Then I would kind of reflect on my life where in, in moments where I have tried my best and showing myself that that was enough, whether that was getting a good grade on a test, having great connection with friendships or in other relationships, getting results within my own fitness. Because again, those limiting beliefs, they kind of branch into different aspects of your life. So people will have, I'm not enough at work. I'm not enough in the gym. I'm not enough in my relationship because that's kind of the infection, so to speak, of these limiting beliefs is they really take over your whole world. So the more evidence you can pull to prove the new belief, it creates kind of confusion in your brain. And that space is the space that we want to lean more into because your, most people are stable and strong mentally. They feel comfortable. They are familiar with their limiting belief mindset. What we're talking about is trying to upgrade that. So going through these steps, every time you hear one of those limiting belief thoughts, the more you do it, the easier it'll be for your brain to upgrade. You don't just switch from limiting belief I don't like to new belief that's awesome and amazing. You kind of have a space of confusion where you're like, well, I feel pulled that way, but I know I'm actually starting to believe this more. And then you'll slowly start to find you lean into the powerful belief. Yeah, love it. Okay, a couple of different things I want to go into here. Um, first one, let's just go into your loop that you've had previous and why your limiting beliefs actually become your reality. So if she is believing, Laura's believing I'm not enough, the reality is she will not be enough because she's piling up her plate of things to make her feel enough. And she's not going to be able to yet achieve all of those things. She's going to exhaust herself to the point that she no longer has anything else to give. And so her boiling point was her wedding was when she realized, oh, wow, I am, I'm always going to not be enough. If I continue to try to please everybody and everything, trying to find my worth outside of me rather than finding my worth inside of me. And so as you trail this down, watch how this kind of looks, you guys. So if she's lacking, I would say maybe self-approval and then going into the next phase, which is a thought of I'm not enough leads into a feeling of a deep void, kind of just this like sadness of a disappointment in self or, you know, et cetera. And it leads into an action. It could be piling too many things on our daily list, um, completely, you know, pulling from uh, leaking buckets rather than overflow, never giving enough to herself. And then this cycle just begins over and over. And so the one thing I really want to say here is whatever your limiting thoughts are, that's your truth. And I'm going to put this out there because I think this has been the one that's the biggest wake up call. I'm going to, instead of going into the not enough, because I don't know if that will identify with everyone on the call. I'm going to go into the limiting belief of I'm fat. 
when somebody says to me, yes, on repeat, I look in the mirror and I tell myself I'm fat and I look at them and I go, that will be your truth forevermore. Then if you don't change that thought, you will forever be fat. And that's a hard pill to swallow. And I think that is the big wake up call for this call right now. Whatever your thoughts are telling you on step number one, that is your truth. That's your reality. You'll forever be that unless you decide to change right here, right now, or whenever you decide to change, then we can make that new reality. And the power is truly within you. You can decide if you want to start saying, I am fit and you believe it you're going to start having the feelings and the actions that follow it. And so I love Laura. Thank you for jumping on and and explaining this because we need to kind of take that pillow and swallow it. Sometimes we have to kind of take that hard constructive criticism because if our life isn't changing, we're living in a loop. At what point do we stop that loop? And for you, it sounds like it was your wedding. It was just like, okay, wake up call. I've got to change those that are listening. When's your wake up call? When is your, when is your crisis mode that you go, you know what? I'm sick of letting these anxious, overwhelming, limiting beliefs run my life when our thoughts are not us. And the second we realize that our whole life starts to shift. When we start to realize that we have a control more over our minds than we ever thought we had. Would you agree, Laura? I don't think I could have said it better myself. It's, uh, it's like once you see exactly what you're talking about, once you can bear witness to your thoughts and not energetically engage and identify with them, you're, you're in the seat of the witness. You're observing the thoughts. You're not giving into the thoughts. And it's a totally different reality. Like we've all heard, you know, the lens that you see life through. People have different lenses. It's literally changing the tint of the lens you see the life through because you can say, okay, I am not fat. I feel fat. And there's a difference between I am, which is an identity, which is 100% what you're saying is right. As long as you're believing I am fat, you're going to experience a world of I am fat. You will sabotage yourself unconsciously to support the I am fat belief because in your mind, that is a survival space. It goes all the way back to that primitive nature. So absolutely. But if you can switch it to, I feel fat and understand you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings, then it's just a feeling and you can choose the belief and the destiny you want to take with your body. So I absolutely agree. And I think it was very well said. Yeah, well, and I liked what you said on a a call previous. It said, when you manipulate the brain, it's for a lasting game. And I liked that because it really is. If you guys are looking for the lasting results to really finally get into, um, I guess, maintenance mode of your life, of feeling like you're not in this constant struggle or fighting, manipulate the brain. And you're going to really find that it's going to start becoming a lot easier and, um, and you're in that maintenance mode. So yeah, let's go back to Raina, your client. Do you know how and what shifted for her then now that we know the four steps you know she started to focus more on herself her desires her wants instead of playing kind of the martyr mom where she never had time to do anything and everything so she would just blame her lifestyle for why she couldn't get fit even though she was working out five days a week and eating well um 
And when she started to focus on her mindset and kind of challenging her mind, becoming in the seat of witness, so she's not her thoughts and losing some identities around her body and happiness. But it definitely took a lot of focus for her to like catch the thoughts, go through the limiting belief kind of work, one, two, three, four, and shift. The other one was personal responsibility, that it's no one's choice but her own. And, you know, we use the word, and I used to empower yourself a lot. Like, you're not a victim of your life. If you, like, you are the CEO, you can choose how much time you spend there. You have these two beautiful kids and you have great support. You're putting yourself in that circumstance because you feel a certain way and you're telling yourself a certain story. I could argue the opposite, that when you do take care of yourself, when you give yourself time, when you show your kids a balance like that, you're not only showing up better as the parent yourself, but you're teaching them a balance and how important it is to take care of yourself. And for Raina, that was huge. It's just really releasing the guilt. And she even asked her kids sometimes, like, do you care if I go for a walk right now? And they'd be like, no, can I come with you? Or no, we're going to go on our phone or our iPad or whatever they were doing at the time. And she started to realize like so much of it was a story in her head. So really focusing on empowering herself and choosing happiness for herself. Super cool. Yeah. I wanted to go back and see how this four step and how the mindset helped her with that. And that's great. So thanks for sharing. You know, you hear of positive affirmations. I like this, Laura, because as you are taking us through four steps, positive affirmations only stop on the second step. And, um, I have, I have three steps, but I like that you have four. My, my three steps are basically a little bit more kind of, uh, conjuncted together or whatever, but, um, I like that. And here's the reason why you hear always positive affirmations. but let's dive into why positive affirmations don't work and why we have to have that third and fourth step. So tell us, tell us why positive affirmations don't work. Because you can't really trick your brain like that. Like you, your brain is very smart and at its very base core space, it has three needs, love, safety, and belonging. And our beliefs are, is what keeps our safety intact. So just saying I'm fit and gorgeous, your brain's going to be like, nope, sorry, try again. Like it's not going to believe you. And when that hits your brain, like when you say that, and you feel it in your body, it feels disempowering, empowering. It feels discouraging because you know, as you say it, that you don't actually believe it. And that's really why positive affirmations don't work. That's awesome. So if somebody was listening and they're like, well, how do you empower yourself so quickly in that moment? I think that's that hardest part. So what would you do if you are feeling yourself anxious? And then in that moment, you heard it switch to empowerment. I think the first thing is, having that kind of catch moment. So mine was recognizing I was telling my chiropractor my entire to-do list, which of course she does not need to know. And that kind of like woke me up to, okay, Laura, chill. And everyone's going to have their own kind of tension of urgency or stress or anxiety. So it's really about bearing witness first. So knowing how to catch that witness seat of this is my too much space. And then from that angle, just mentally taking a step back, seeing the circumstances, and we always have options on how we handle things. So then it's just 
trying to understand what are my options? What am I focusing on? So if you can take that step back, kind of catch yourself, take the step back and see, okay, these, this is happening. This is happening regardless of how I experience it, but I get the choice then on how I experience it. So it's really the catch and the ability to kind of step back and see what's happening to then choose how you want to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. And even if you've got a journal of those that are listening, um, write down kind of what's going on. And if you see something that's repetitive, um, that could be also a sign to start catching yourself. Absolutely. And you're right. It is hard to kind of take that step back. I think the main thing really is being able to like notice you're in that space, notice you're in that kind of negative experience or that stressful tension urgency depending on what it feels like to each individual person I feel like we all make the mistake sometimes of getting consumed by our thoughts and feeling like that is our reality there is no other option but that's not true and it does take practice you know that's kind of what you and I both work with with our clients is trying to help them be healthy take that step back kind of slow down to like be in the experience so they can actually choose to step back and you're right like writing it down or kind of having that go-to friend that you kind of throw the ball around with a few points there you have to have a friend that's not going to keep confirming your past self so for example if you've got a friend that's full of drama and everything that you want her to agree with you on she agrees with you on You have to have that friend that actually can confront the beliefs that could possibly be the negative ones. Um, It's pretty challenging, but I mean, we're kind of going a little bit deep here, Laura. I I find that you and I could have some really depth and some conversations, but hopefully it gives those that are listening also some depth in their life and kind of figuring out a little bit more about that mindset. And Laura, you mentioned, you know, your thoughts um, aren't your reality. When you start to recognize that your thoughts can be manipulated and changed. However, your thoughts will be your reality if we don't change them. Some of the listeners might go, oh, this might be a lot of fluff talk. The brain is extremely fascinating. And when you start to actually learn the different parts of the brain, the reticular activating system, it's a portion of your brain, it's a filter system. And so being able to actually start knowing that what Laura is putting, like what she's putting out is 100% scientifically proven. And when you start to really understand how things are working together, rather than being a victim to your own mind, it's very empowering. And you're able to start taking your goals and really start achieving them. So Laura, I just want to say thank you for giving us this depth today, letting us start to kind of rethink what we've been thinking and taking us through these steps, because I'm going to be honest, these steps are extremely powerful. This is stuff that I I currently use in my own life. And um, I would not have brought you on this podcast if I did literally not eat, sleep, breathe what you just said today. So thanks again for your words of wisdom. Um, If somebody's trying to reach you and would like to follow you and get some more information about what you are talking about, where can they follow you? Thank you. Before I tell everyone, yes, I feel like we could totally talk for hours and hours and go way down. And you're right. I, I used to feel like this was fluff too. I didn't believe it until the science spoke for itself. So sometimes you just got to jump and have some faith and give it a try. And you're, t- you're very rewarded in this avenue. Um, but where people can meet me is um, on my Instagram, which is change by challenge. My website is changed by challenge. My Facebook is changed by challenge. So pretty much 
anything that's a change by challenge, you will find me. That's awesome. I mix it simple and I'll even make it more simple for you guys. You guys always know, go ahead and just click the description, scroll down, and I'll have a link that you can just click on to go right to her. So thanks again, Laura. So thank you for that opportunity. Absolutely. Great. Have a great one. Awesome. Wrapping up, we hope that this left you with some valuable information that you can help with improving your mind, your body, and your life. Really, we're about helping you step into your best self, and that's why we do these weekly, so that we can hear from you and how it resonated. So go ahead and write us a review, and we will pick weekly giveaways on our unique booty bands to give away. So thank you guys so much for listening. It was awesome having you on. I'm very excited to leave your review. Make sure to hit subscribe so that you can get notified on any future podcasts that come out. And of course, join the community and join the app called Booty Bands and Barbells, where you'll find us in the workouts, the meal plan, and of course, all the fun challenges. I'll see you soon, and I'll see you in the workouts.